five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about junk mail today. One of my favorite topics. And also some other stuff from Ritson. So here we go. Let's start with Boots Joy for All. This looks like a fun commercial. And here we go. Let's see. Over here. Boop, boop, boop. And then I'll go get my coffee while you just... So she's got a Boots pair of glasses. She puts them on in the subway. And all of a sudden, everything's decorated. And everybody's having a happy time. Look at that. <laughs> I don't know if it shows what people are really thinking or what. So I don't know what Boots is exactly. Maybe it's a retail store. Store, Boots.com. I don't know. In-store app. Not sure, but the agency's in London, so it's probably in the UK. But I just thought it was a great concept. You know, talking about rose-colored glasses, that was it. And I really like that. And, you know, I go with what I like. Sorry, that's what you gotta, what you got to put up with here. Okay, so this was funny, I thought. Uh, this was from a publication called Hot Air. I've never heard of it. No idea what, but, you know, part of the reason I started a minute late today was I decided that, you know, as a responsible <laughs> junk mailer, I won't call myself a journalist. That would be too presumptuous. I should at least check out whether or not there was any truth to this. <laughs> because when I clicked on the, uh, I clicked on this link here, which goes to Spiegel in Germany, which is a magazine, I guess. Dear Spiegel. Anyway, <laughs> when I clicked that, the link was gone. So I thought, well, maybe this is a hoax. But I found it. I'll, I'll post from Clean Energy. I think it was called Clean Energy or Energy Clean or something like that. I'll post that article that I did find. I found dozens of articles saying basically the same thing. Um, who knows if it's right? You know, you can go do your own due diligence. I always recommend that. But I did think it was interesting. The Swiss looked to ban the use of electric cars over this winter to save energy. <laughs> Because if you think you're saving energy running your electric car, you know, you're really just burning more coal for most of us in most places in the world. Um, it's a coal-powered car. It's okay. Uh, fact check it. Fact, fact check it. About 50% of our electricity on average comes from coal. And I hold two patents in the coal, uh, in the in recycling coal ash into cement. So uh, it's something I know and something I know something about. Anyway, uh, but don't worry, before they, they get to the electric cars, they would they would impose limits on how hot, hot the water can be in the washing machines and would ban the use of leaf blowers and seat heaters in chairlifts. <laughs> I didn't even, I've never been on a chairlift that had a seat heater, but it's a, a great idea. I just never, you know, it's... Uh, uh, <laughs> I used to go with an old rope toe, and that would rip your arms right off. That was not comfortable, but you didn't get very cold. They would also limit videos from streaming services to be only shown in SD res resolution. 
anyway, <coughs> so you heard it first here probably. Anyway, we'll go on. Ritson, <laughs> my friend Mark Ritson, uh, says only bad marketers think more messages mean more effectiveness. Oh, and we were going to show a video about that. Let's see if I can cue that up. That's going to be a challenge, I think. Let's see. Pockets. Here it is. Okay, open link in Pocket, PDF. Let's try going back to this. Uh, here we go. No, that's not it. There it is, the original. Okay, we're work actually working. So here's a, a soccer match between Uruguay and and Portugal. And the guy goes by with a rainbow flag, which the ref picks up. And he's running across the field, and he's saying he's got to save Ukraine on the front, and he's got a respect for Iranian women on the back, and presumably the uh, LGBTQ flag. You know, it's really, you know, if you want to know, the, the rainbow flag is really from the Bible. Uh, it, the rainbow comes from Genesis 10, I think, um, the story of Noah. So it's a it, God put the built the rainbow and so you know hats off to everybody who wants to promote God's rainbow and but you might not have known that and you might might want to second guess it I don't know anyway back to Ritson so he wanted to talk about this soccer player and uh, in the Portugal versus Uruguay so I thought I'd give you the real video there and he was escorted quickly from the ground escorted quickly and the referee picked up his flag and um, one of the core lessons of positioning is to be choiceful <clears throat> if that's a word I don't think it is focus your marketing bullets on a tight enduring message less is more but this guy's protest was fourfold affair a Superman symbol and the words save Ukraine on the back of the T-shirt, the message was respect for Iranian women and the and the rainbow flag that they've sort of co-opted from the Bible. And um, pace was on the flag, which is the Latin word and symbol for global peace. Okay, so, and of course, to save your Ukraine, you may be advocating war. So that one's conflict of interest. Um Respect for Iranian women may go against LGBTQIA. A lot of the women I know are not supporters of this. I'm not saying you can't support it. I'm not saying you can't be a woman. But the combination of all these things may be uh, in <laughs> in conflict with each other, which is one of the one of the issues here. Obviously, the guy was uh, willing to protest a lot of different stuff, and you may think that it's it's best to cram as many protests as possible called the kitchen sink impact. And um, but when when one of Portugal's star players, Bruno Fernandes, was asked what the protester was protesting, he said, I didn't really see what message he was trying to, that was trying to be conveyed. And so as you increase the number of intended messages in an ad, the likelihood that the audience will remember each or any of them decreases in direct proportion. And so here's a chart that he made up 
which is a pretty good chart. He says, if you had just this message, save Ukraine. Now, in defense, I mean, of this message, the Superman, he counts as a different message. So this is this may be a conflict right there. Uh, I'm not sure if Superman supports Ukraine or not. Um, these two are, uh, he says, you know, if you just had one message, it would be 100% uh, index of likelihood to be remembered. I'm not sure what that exactly means. Does that mean you'll remember it or you won't remember it? But at least you'll get 100% of the message <clears throat> if you remember the message. Now, if you notice, this adds up to 130. So some people say, well, if you have two messages, then you get a higher chance of recall than if you only have one message. And this one adds up to 105, 135. So this one adds up to even more. Now, this one actually adds up to less, he says, although it, I mean, it goes down slightly because it's got so many and it's got the word peace in there. Uh, so, he says, all four causes take a major hit. For the first time on the last one, the total number of recall messages actually declines. But marketers might say, gee, four messages still generates a 139 index message recall, which is higher than any of the other ones, right? Significantly more than the single message campaign. But he says, by communicating four things badly you lose the opportunity of communicating one or two more powerful arguments. Okay, less is therefore more. Now, what's interesting is, you know, Mark's thinking is geared toward a 30-second TV spot kind of thing. And I would, I definitely agree with him, you know, you, that most things do too much. I'm not sure, or like Boots, I'm not sure Boots does anything at all. Uh, <laughs> not sure there was any kind of message there. I've always scratched my head at most most mass media advertising i didn't understand what they were trying to persuade me about okay um but also if someone's protesting four things the authenticity and impact of his message might not grow it might recede okay the serial protester seemed intent on protest in general you want to put something for everybody on on his outfit um the passion and commitment and impact of his protests were diluted by his general attempt to protest stuff. Message plurality led to source incredulity. Okay? So, focus on messages that will make them likely the most impact and draw a semantic line under them. Now, you know, earlier in the week, I talked about, from, from Craig Huey, I talked about a lift letter. Uh, being, or it was last week, a lift letter being in your mailing piece and how you can make a second point in a separate little piece of paper that may push them over the decision threshold, decision to buy threshold, or at least to set it aside and wait for later, the decision to throw away. And, you know, we're not as limited in direct mail by the, by the amount of space. Okay, we can have many messages. And if you think about a, a substantial catalog, <laughs> that's it. I talked to Brian at Uline this week, and uh, we had a really great talk. We had a lot of mutual friends. But if you have an 800-page page catalog, you know, you have a lot of, you're, you're saying a lot of messages here. You got a lot of room for messages, including ads and other things. Here's my Land's End that came yesterday. 
I always love Land's End, looking very sporty and very, very holiday. And it's got, uh, it's got some low-priced gifts. It's just a great deal. Land's End is the best. And here's a, a, a blow-in card, which I love. If you have a catalog and you're not doing blow-in cards, I mean, you're really missing it. Not only are they almost in, cost nothing and get thrown right in there, but they also fall out on the floor, which means you have to deal with them separately. <laughs> and you have to pick them up and look at them. <laughs> it's like a second mailing right there. Okay, so uh, anyway, so, uh, you know, Mark and I probably agree on most of this, but not all. Now I want to get over to Nick Runyon, who is connected with me on LinkedIn. Nick, I hope you... I hope you and I can do an interview. Um, Nick is the CEO of PFL, which I don't know what that stands for, um, but he does work. I looked up the PFL website. I wasn't sure exactly what, what, you know, like most websites today, it's not clear what they do. It seems to me they're a printer, uh, but maybe they're a direct agency. But again, it's not clear to me. Again, back to Mark Ritson. Um, but he was giving a, a talk on orchestrated direct mail not sure what that means i do have a i don't know if you can see it i have it right in the center of everything let's see if i can move out of the way right here i have a baton and i think it was from may and spay they sent it out uh they sent it out years and years ago let us orchestrate your mailing i think is what was the campaign so i have a, a baton it's, so it's not the first time it's that phrase has been used. But somebody, when he asked for questions, he said, somebody said, I don't want to waste my marketing dollars by filling up landfills. And that's not an uncommon sentiment. I've been fighting for it, uh, fighting against it for literally, you know, 40 plus years. And um, he said he wasn't expecting that kind of comment. But here's where we part company. Um, he says, garbage goes into a landfill. Physical marketing labeled as junk mail is often the result of poorly conceived and poorly executed marketing campaigns. So he says, junk mail is because of poor planning. Some marketers are sending garbage. Now, I find that to be almost never true. Okay, I mean, you look at the beauty of Land's End. I got a whole bunch of them. You look at the beauty of the, e -line, the U line catalog. Here's my Bass Pro that I love to look at when I don't have much else to do. Here's the Bass Pro, and it's only 500 pages, I think, or 600. Yeah, 595. Just beautiful on beautiful. It's fantasy. These are fantasy vacations that they sell. I mean, it's just footwear and socks and warm clothes and stuff for your boat. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a fantasy explosion. And look at the, the way they lay out the page with the hierarchy and everything. This thing is a, a, a thing of beauty. I would never say that that was garbage, except for one thing. Uh, and that is that that isn't what creates junk mail. And it's not about sustainability either. What creates junk mail is if I hand this to my wife, if I hand the Bass Pro Shops catalog to my wife, it's junk mail. If I hand, I think I got a, I think I've even got a woman's Land's End. Yeah, here's beautiful. Here's a, here's a, here's a Land's End with a beautiful girl on the front. Okay, it's, it's really geared to women. 
right? And the first three quarters of it are pretty much are, are beautiful women and beautiful settings. Okay, so to me, you know, I got to go, I got to go two thirds of the way through it to find the men, but they do send me a men's catalog every now and then. So if you give my wife this, it's junk. If I give her this, she's happy with it. She likes looking at it. You give me this, I'm on the edge of junk, right? It doesn't matter that this thing costs, this thing probably costs $8 to send me. $8 is a lot compared to a, a fraction of a penny in a digital ad. So I absolutely don't agree with Nick here. Junk mail is not junk mail because of the quality of what's sent. Junk mail is junk mail because of the disposition of the recipient. And when people start saying, well, with enough data, you'll know just what I want. I don't know what I want. Okay. He gets down into this thing. Uh, go for quality. Okay. Quality can mean a lot of things. Deliver value again. You know, the great thing about Land's End, that's a 50% off right there. Grand Land's End is a great value. So is Bass Pro Shops because I bought from them. Okay, focus on premium products. Choose a higher value product. Okay, here's a great example. This is the tattoo that Ryan Reynolds sent me this week, addressed right to me. It's a fake tattoo, but it's a it's a Ryan Reynolds tattoo. What's the cost on this? I don't know, a penny. One of the greatest premiums I ever got was a little canister. A little canister about this big. A little bit bigger than a can of tuna and it was shaking around and I thought what was that there was a label on the outside and you open it up and there was a little teeny robot and and their feet went like this they went along like this you know and I don't even know how to do it yeah like this and like this they they interlocked and they walked across your desk you wound it up again no cost whatsoever and I still remember that. That was in the 70s when I got that. And, in, and it had its little arms out like this. And there was a scroll of little paper. And inside was an invitation to, uh, to something. I don't remember. To some conference I think they were doing. One of, the most effective, one of the most effective premiums we ever did was an imprinted Band-Aid. We were selling premiums <laughs> at Norscott. I was the VP of marketing, and we had a club that we would send to our customers every month. We would send them something, and the good customers would get something every month. The, the, the smaller customers would get something small once a quarter, And uh, but we put this Band-Aid out there, and you know people don't know that you can get an imprinted Band-Aid, and there's a lot of there's a lot of play on words about how you can solve problems. Don't just put a Band-Aid on, pro on your problems. Let us help you, you know, with a little imprinted Band-Aid. Uh, it doesn't, it isn't necessarily about the, the price of the, obviously, the Uline catalog, you know, probably $10 uh, per person. Um, target the right people. This is number four, not the right place to start. The truth is that the level of interest is pretty much determined by the recency of purchase. The most, the most, more recent the purchase, the more likely I am to be interested. And it has very little to do with anything else. So target those people. Start with your house file. Make them, make them feel the value. And that's what this is. This is, this makes me feel happy that I'm a mint mobile customer and if you want to try mint mobile <laughs> give me a call i'll give you a code 
and I'll get a free month. <laughs> anyway, recyclable. I love this word, recyclable, <laughs> recyclable. You know, and as I said, I have a patent in recycling. I, I've been to a glass recycling factory. I've been to garbage recycling factories. I've been to landfills. I've been to uh, power plants. I've been to where they're putting millions of tons of, of fly ash into the ground. Uh, it's not so simple. Recyclable doesn't even mean we recycle. Almost all paper is recyclable, not like plastic. It's not that scam. But even glass, which is sort of recyclable, the main thing they love to recycle is a single product like windshields. I saw a mountain of windshields when I went to the glass recycling plant. So you can talk about this all you want, but it reduces your credibility, I think. right? It's all recyclable if you want to recycle it and if you've got a market. The real truth is that we take a lot of care in trying to make our advertising relevant because it costs us more than it costs almost any other channel, except picking up the phone, maybe even more than that now, except a personal personal call. And so because of that, because of that cost, we're very careful about not wanting to send one single more piece to anybody that doesn't want it, right? At the same time, we understand that not everybody knows what they want. I don't know what I want. You don't know what you want. Admit it. And don't tell me that by using enough data, you're going to get it personalized. So, Nick, happy to talk. I hope you comment. I'd love to do an interview, and you can explain what PFL does that solves this besides what you put in this article. Have a great day. It's in from Forbes. I mean, it's, you know, look at that. Have a great day. Like and share. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Bye-bye.